Good morning. So glad to be back with you again. Had a little few, um, well, I had a few health challenges and we uh, might have been hopping, but as Mother Lewis used to say, we're not stopping. And so today, beloved, I'd like to just begin with prayer today. We're going through so much. So many people are going through great trials and tribulations. And we want to just agree with you in prayer today because we know God is a prayer answering God. He is not slow. He is not forgetful. He is omnipresent. He is our all in all. And so we can call on him, no matter what the trial is, no matter what the trouble is, he will answer prayer. My father, I thank you this morning for each and every one that will hear this broadcast or that are hearing it. And father, we know that the people of God are going through many challenges. And father, we're praying today, my father, that you would look upon each and every one of us. Touch us, Lord God, and strengthen our resolve. Help us to be steadfast and unmovable in your word. Father, we know that you promised us that you would never forsake us, never leave us. You would be with us until the end of the world. And my Father, we know that you told us in your word that if two or three of us should touch and agree on anything, that you would do it. Now, Lord, look upon that one who has lost a loved one. Give comfort to the heart in the name of Jesus. Look on those who have lost jobs, those, my Father, that are going through family pressures and all kind of pressures on their jobs, and even those that are under siege in the household of faith. My Father, we're asking you today to look upon your children that are called by your name, and Lord God, reach out and touch and make every withhold, meet every need in the name of Jesus. Father, look upon the homeless and the helpless, the widow and the orphan. Look upon Jerusalem. Let there be peace in Jerusalem. Look upon my father, our president. Touch the man. He's not too big, too bad. You can't save him. Lord, there's nobody you cannot save. And Father, we're asking you to save the man. You didn't say talk about him. You said to pray for the king. We don't have a king, but we have a president. And Lord, we pray that you would save the president. Look upon our world today, Lord. Strengthen your people that are called by your name. Help us to be a one accord, one mind. Help us to be compassionate, loving, and kind in the name of Jesus. Long suffering in the name of Jesus. Oh God, look upon us today. We need you, Lord. We need you. We need you. Oh God, revive us again. Revive us again, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we know that if you touch us again, we shall be whole. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today, beloved, I only have a short window and I'm trying to pull together my thoughts. But today, I wanted to talk to you about victory at the end. Beloved, um, I'm going to Genesis 37 and I'm going to skip around a little bit. I want to go to verse 2 and I, the part A of part 2 that says, Joseph being 17 years old. I want you to remember that. And in Genesis 37, 5 through 11, it says, Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers. 
and they hate him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to me, to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and his words. Beloved, I want to share with you today that we oftentimes are hated for the dream or for the word that the Lord has given us. But don't be weary in well-doing. Continue to do what God has called you to do. And for all of those haters and liars and those that would tear you down, be exceedingly glad. Rejoice in the Lord. Be like the mule. Let the women in the pit and begin to throw dirt into the pit, the story goes. And every time they would throw some dirt in, he would step on it. And after a while, he was at the top of the well. Beloved, if you keep on stepping on the devil's trash, you will arrive in your appointed place, your assigned place, the place that God has prepared for you. So don't worry about your haters. Just keep on dreaming. Don't give up the dream. Stand steadfast and unmovable in the dream that God has given you. The devil hates you when you dream because he doesn't want you to be able to see your dream materialize. And so what does he do? He comes along and he tries to destroy the dream in you, make you so scared to dream that you lie when it comes to people asking you about your dream. And sometimes people might be saying to you, um, you know, why don't you, um, you ever thought about, uh, have you ever wanted to, uh, would you like to, uh, do this position here or that position here or this job there and you lie because you're afraid to dream and you say oh no I don't want that that's too much I don't want to deal with that when in your heart you know that's your dream but the enemy has stolen your joy he has stolen your vision but beloved I want you to know today that you can still dream for God promised to hear you and so continue to dream. Now, I want to look at verse 15. It says, "None." a certain man found him, talking about Joseph, and there he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, what are you seeking? Now, beloved, he's lost, naturally. And it may seem you're lost and can't find your way. But God will, God will direct your path. God knows where you are. And what you're seeking. And beloved, I want to say something to you. Sometimes the enemy seeks out to destroy your dream from afar. He sees you coming. In verse 18, it says, Now when they saw him, talking about Joseph's brothers, afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. And beloved, the devil conspires against you long before the dream materializes trying to kill your dream. He's not so much concerned about killing you. He wants to kill your dream that God has given you. Beloved, if you stop dreaming, you will not 
come to fruition everything that God has given you to do and all the things that he's assigned your hands to do. Beloved, God saw you before you were formed in the womb of your mother. He already had a plan for your life. Don't let your trials and your tribulations and your distresses and your situations and your circumstances destroy the dream that God has given you. Beloved, if you lose your dream, you've lost your faith in God to perform what he has shown you. So be steadfast and unmovable in the word because you are not lost to God. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. And in due season, beloved, he will bring you out. Now, beloved, I want to just look at sometimes, just let me say this. Sometimes we do a lot of work, a lot of different things. And it seems like that the very people that we are doing these things for, when they come into their futures, they will forget about you. I remember a couple that I blessed for a long time. They were in dire need and couldn't pay their bills and so forth, and they had children. And you would almost thought I was the husband man because every Friday when I got paid, I would go by and see if they needed anything, um, if they needed the rent paid or whatever it was. I would pitch in and help them to get it done. And then, lo and behold, I became sick. And the Lord had blessed them to prosper. And beloved, do you not know that I called them to see if it might be that I could borrow the money to pay my rent? And at that time, they um, told me that uh, they were putting their money up. They were saving it, and uh, they weren't loaning or giving anyone anything. And I thanked them, got off the phone, and told my God, amen. And God said to me, get in your truck and go for a drive across the bridge. And so we went across the bridge, and my husband was saying, what are we going over here for? I said, just keep driving. So when we got on top of the hill, right, as we were coming across the hill, the Lord said, make a left. And we made a left-hand turn. And on our right was a whole thing of bumpers. And so I went inside and asked the man if he would give us those bumpers, we'd take them away for free. He wouldn't have to pay anybody to come and get them. He said, yes, go ahead, take them. And beloved, when we got down to that junkyard and took it, we had enough money to pay that rent and some left over. Amen. You see, sometimes God will cause people not to bless you because he don't want anybody getting the credit but him. So don't be disturbed or upset with people because they don't return the favor. Don't be upset with them if they don't meet your needs. God never promised you they would meet your needs. He said he would. And therefore, he will be able to do what he needs to do in your life without you being obliged to someone else. Amen. Sometimes God don't want people blessing you. He wants to do it. So nobody will get the credit but him. We see in the story of Joseph that Joseph had prophesied to the baker and the butler. And he told the baker his head was going to get cut off. And then he told the butler that he was going to be restored. And he said, remember me. 
But if we look down, I believe it is in da da da. I think it's down in the 40th. No, it's 37. Verse 37. Um I'm trying to think, is it verse 32nd? Anyway, beloved, when we when he gets back and gets restored, what does he do? He forgets all about Joseph. Amen. Forgets all about him. He doesn't even remember him anymore. <laughs> oh, glory. And so we find that Joseph, I, I want to give, you know, I know I'm jumping around a lot, but I've got such a short span here, and I'm trying to bring everything together. Uh, I, I'm going to jump down to the 10 points that I'm trying to bring out here. Number one, Joseph is hated for his dreams. In Genesis 37, verse 8, Joseph is stripped of his possessions. Joseph is thrown in the pit. In Genesis 37, verse 23 to 24. Then number three, we see that in 37, 21, Joseph is delivered from death by Reuben. Then in uh, number four, Joseph is sold into slavery to the Midianites. In Genesis 37, 26 to 28, his circumstances don't seem to be matching up to his dream, does it? As a matter of fact, his circumstances seem to be a contradiction of his dream. And sometimes, beloved, what's going on in your life naturally may look contradictory to the dream that God has given you, the promise that God has given you. But hold fast, beloved. Don't be moved. Stand still and know that he is God and that there is nobody like him. Amen? And if you stand still, don't complain, don't faint by the roadside, you're going to see your dream materialize. Now, we see that he sold off to Potiphar. And this is the beginning of his destiny. Now, we see that he is, the Midianites had sold him to Potiphar. Amen. He's in the house of Potiphar. And I want you to watch something. Potiphar's house is blessed because of Joseph. But it looks like, oh, wow, you know, my dream is about to come to pass. But then the wife takes a liking to him, wants to lay with him, lies on him, gets his master angry. He gets thrown into the prison. Looks like a contradiction of his dream, doesn't it? Now he's down in the prison and the prison guard's house is being blessed and they put him over all of the prisoners. Then he prophesies to the baker and the butler and tells the butler, don't forget about me. Remember me when you're restored. Okay? So now here the butler goes back and for two years, he does not remember Joseph. Amen? So sometimes people may forget you but God has not forgotten you. And I want to go back to something that happened with Joseph and his brothers. Beloved, the first thing they did was they took off his coat of many colors. Did you not know that the coat of many colors represented God's light of many colors? 
It depicted God's glory. And you'll see that in Ezekiel, I believe, chapter 1. And sometimes the devil wants to strip you of all of your possessions, your reputation, your dignity. But beloved, at the end of the day, it is God and God alone who has the last word. Amen? Not man. Now we see that the butler is in the presence of Pharaoh. And we see that none of Pharaoh's musicians could interpret Pharaoh's dream that he had had. And so now the butler remembers Joseph. And he tells Pharaoh about this young man. And he says, bring him up. And the first thing they do when they bring him out of the prison, beloved, is they wash him. They give him a bath and change his clothes, indicating that even the smell of the prison would be off of him and that the clothes represented a new beginning. Beloved, the trial that you're going through, when God gets to bringing you out, you will not even be able to see or smell the stench of where you come from. People won't even believe what you've been through. And your new beginning, beloved, will be so full of joy that you'll almost forget the trial. But don't forget it. Write it down. Amen. That you continue to remember it. And then we see him before Potiphar. And he has interpreted the dream. And he has said something so significant here. In verse in chapter 41, verse 33 through 34, he says to Pharaoh, Now therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this. He's humble. Many of you, as soon as God bless you to do something for somebody, you think they're supposed to give you a position. Amen. He wasn't even concerned about that. He had faith in his dream. And so he was humble. And then Pharaoh and all of his household. Did you hear that? All of his household. Now let's just go to verse 40, chapter 41, verse 37 through 44. So, so, the, so the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh. And in the eyes of all his servants, not one or two, but all. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is the spirit of God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, in as much, uh, listen to me, in as much as God showed you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. Verse 40. You shall be over, listen to this, over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. Now I told you in Genesis 1, verse 2, the A part, Joseph is 16 years old. When we begin, but he was approximately 29 or 32 years old when his dream materialized. All these years had passed, 13, 14, 15 years. 
And I want you to remember something. Father Abraham was 100 years old before the son of promise, Isaac, was born. Sarah, his wife, was 90 years old past the time of conceiving. Beloved, the conclusion of the matter is, God is not slack concerning fulfilling his promises, but you must hold fast to your dream. Keep your integrity while you wait. Stay in faith. Don't become weary in well-doing. Write the dream. Make it plain. Review the dream daily. Be patient and wait on God to manifest the dream. Now, you backsliders, you sinners, you've been out there doing your thing and it's not prospered. And all these things that I have just talked about are yours. If you just turn from your wicked way, if you will confess that, first of all, you need to repent. Repent of your sins. Agree with God that you are wrong and he's right. And when you repent of your sin and confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord and that he died and rose again on the third day, beloved, every promise in the book is yours as well. And so I say to you today, Little flock, don't be discouraged. Sinner, backslider, be encouraged that all you have to do is raise your hands to God, receive him as Lord and Savior, be born again, filled with the Holy Ghost and power that God may bring you out. Amen. God sees you. He knows where you are. You're not lost. He knows all about you. He knows what you've done. He knows what you didn't do. So therefore, beloved, it's not about your goodness. It's about his goodness. And I say to you today, I love you. God loves you. And I'm so happy that God has allowed me to just speak a word into your life. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.